and welcome to Big Dating Energy. This is Jeff Gunther, licensed professional counselor in the state of Oregon. It is about to, we're about to experience an Arctic blast here in Portland, Oregon, which is, oh my God, such a major weather event. Every year, there's a chance that there's an Arctic blast, and this year, we're getting one, and that might come with snow. And when snow, just like a little dusting or more, falls on the ground in Portland and sticks, the whole the whole city shuts down. We don't know how to handle it. Uh, we're all, we all stop working. We all stop going to school. We all stop being functional. And we just go outside and walk around the snow. And we're all happy. And it's a very, very sweet time in Portland, Oregon. And I hope that it snows. And then after a day and a half of snowing, I hope it never, never snows ever again. Uh, luckily, it usually only snows once a year, if that. So I will let you know. <laughs> Actually, you'll probably hear about it on the news. You know what you'll see, actually, which is very fun to watch, but very, very scary to experience, is, and you'll see it, it, this happens every year if it ever snows, because it snows in Portland or Seattle, the Pacific Northwest, and then what happens is that our roads turn to ice, and we have, I think we, I think there's maybe three or four, um, what do they even call them, those big trucks, the de-icers, I don't know, Portland does not know how to prepare, and neither does Seattle. So all of our roads turn to ice, and then there's a bunch of chuckleheads that think that they can drive on those roads and get to where they need to go, but they can't. And they just start to kind of slowly skid down and do like these little, they like just sort of like a little, like a slow motion pinball, just like hitting all the cars around them. Usually nobody ever gets hurt. I don't, so I'm not. It's not fun if anyone actually really gets hurt, and, but it's very fun to watch on TikTok when they all, when everyone posts their videos of the cars just slowly skidding, <laughs> doing 360s. I think you, it, it's, it's something you have to see. I think you hearing me describe it, you're just like, what is wrong with you, Jeff? Trust me. Trust me. It's good content. It's quality content. Today, I'm talking to Jillian Tarecki. Jillian Tarecki top three content creator on Instagram, I would say easily 1.6 million followers. She has a podcast called Jillian on love. Highly recommend. I've also, I'm recently on her podcast or I will be about to be on her podcast. I don't know when she's going to release the episode, but it's a good one. And today is a real good one. We have been wanting to talk to each other for at least a couple years because we've been buds and we have very similar audiences and followers it's a great conversation. And if you listen to this conversation and you're just like, Therapy Jeff is amazing. I need more Therapy Jeff. Then you should go to therapyjeff.com and pre-order my book, Big Dating Energy. You will love it. So there you go. Here is my talk with Jillian. Hello, Jillian. Hello, Jeff. It's so good to have you on this podcast. Like we were saying um, off mic, it feels like... I feel like I've known you for so long. I've seen you Likewise. on Instagram. Yeah. I actually was introduced to you through a therapy client who oh. like through a couple clients who are just like who were who were talking about your advice <laughs> and your relationship <laughs> takes. And I was like, who is this person? And then That's I felt funny. really good after researching you. I was like, oh, this is like she's doing therapy for me during the week with my clients when I can't <laughs> access them. I'm honored to help in any way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's fantastic. I know. I feel like I know you personally for a long time, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When did you start posting content on Instagram? Well, when I started posting, like, actual, like, relationship content, I would say Mm -hmm. was, like, 2000. Huh. (laughs) I think, seriously, 2016. Oh, okay. Or, like, consistently, but I, it was like, hmm, I don't know. It's, I, it, it, it's like, it, it's like started 2016 ish, mm-hmm. then picked up momentum 2018, 19. Mm-hmm. And then the pandemic came and that gave it a whole new mo- uh, momentum. 
Why yeah. do you think the pandemic gave it a new momentum? What happened there? It seemed like it gave everyone. Did it not give you a momentum? Yeah. I started at the, towards the beginning of the pandemic. So I like came in on this wave. Um, oh yeah. So you came on on a good wave. I mean, I've seen people go from literally at the very start of the pandemic have like 60,000 followers to now having 5 million followers. Yeah. Like literally the pandemic was the best thing that's ever happened to content creators (laughs) (laughs) in the, in the mental health space in particular. Um, I think because people were just first of all, home sure, and, um, taking in a lot more content and, Mm -hmm. and desperate to feel better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and we're all sort of like sharing in a similar kind of trauma or mental health crisis. Yeah. Uh, And so I think that, you know, we were speaking to that and connecting with a lot of folks. Have you noticed, we're going to get to like some relationship questions, but first (laughs) I want to like talk about content with you for a little bit. Sure. Let's do it. Some of the content creators, I mean, I, I follow like so many mental health and relationship and coachy um, content yeah. creators. I feel like some of them are now that have like taken off in the pandemic are having trouble trying to figure out like now what? Because I feel like there has been some drop off where like pandemic hit, numbers yeah. went through the roof. Yeah. And there's, and I, maybe I'm, I'm also kind of talking about myself a little bit here where I feel like I need to evolve and Uh. sort of grow. I'm getting tired of myself. I'm worried that my followers are getting a little tired of me, but I also don't want to abandon the core like audience. Yeah. It's interesting because like I, I, I've put, because I haven't really put much energy into TikTok. And I feel like that's where you really master TikTok first. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I like just, kind of I'm lazy about TikTok if I'm honest. And I, so I don't know, I don't really understand TikTok and where that's going. Um, I look, I think that it's the journey of anyone who is expressing themselves creatively in any way to go through periods of time where they're like, well, now what, how do I want to express myself now? What do I want to offer now? And so I think that that, um, I think that there's that, but there's also just like, what, like, what do I really want to do versus what do mm-hmm. I think is actually going to be really popular? Mm-hmm. Like, what do mm-hmm. I actually want? Like, what do I really want to share? Right. And then, and then doing that, you know? Doing that and maybe like uh, knowing that you're going to lose some of your followers, possibly like you're going to evolve and people are going to be bummed. And there's even I mean, I've gotten feedback. Like if I talk about something more personal, they're like, I'm not here for your personal life. I'm here for your relationship advice. Like I'm not meanwhile, there's probably thousands of people who feel like they relate to you more because you share something personal. But it's that one guy. I know it's that one guy. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing about content creation that uh, I really wish people would acknowledge is that, you know, we are here to really truly doing the best that we can and we cannot speak to every nuance and we can't speak to every person. And so if there's something that you don't relate to, that's just how it goes. You know, like we can't, there's just no way to cover it all. There's no way to cover it all. No, but there's, and, and, uh, and people are going to feel let down if we don't cover the very specific thing that they want to have covered. And I would imagine that they are scrolling like I scroll, where like if something doesn't connect with me, I scroll past it. And I and I don't think anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel compelled to leave a comment about how I'm really let down by this creator or something. I think the, the, the key is you never, it's never about pleasing everyone. It's about deciding who you want to please. Like who, what do you want to speak to and who are the people out there? Like what's the problem that you want to address? And those are the people who are going to flock to you. Yeah. 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 I agree that if you can kind of like, it's, it's, it's hard though, because it is, there's so much feedback that you're getting from all over the place. Even if, you know, 99% of the feedback is positive and validating and very sweet. Yeah. It's that 1%. Do 
Can, can that like 1% of people that might be critical of your content, can that mess with you? Or do you feel like you're pretty good at being boundary to not? Um, no, I, I, I'm trying to think it, it can definitely mess with me. I'm getting better at, um, if someone gives me constructive feedback, And what I mean by that is that they share it in a respectful way. The moment someone is sharing something to me disrespectfully, I I block them. Mm -hmm. So I'm very strongly boundaried that way. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to be rude to me, if you're going to just talk about all men are shit or all women are shit, Mm -hmm. and you're going to be, or you're going to be rude to anyone who is, um, any one of like any one of my followers in in the comments, mm-hmm. I will immediately block you. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I do get feedback or something like that, yeah, like it, it depends on the delivery. You know, some people deliver it in such a way that it's like, well, clearly you have you struggle with your mental health. Like there's something wrong mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it can be our feelings can get hurt and all of that. Yeah, no, it can definitely. I think that it is really courageous of us to do what we do. We're really putting ourselves on the line. And I don't think that people, I think some people recognize it, but Mm -hmm. to, to share what we share and have to share it within a minute or within, or within a caption. Right. Like, I I don't think people realize how much time and effort goes into that. Oh my God. It's a lot of work. Yeah. It's yeah, a I lot had to. I had to like scale everything back in my life. All the things that I was doing to, when I like made the transition into like, okay, I'm going to be a content creator. Oh, um, it's full time for you for sure. Uh, I would imagine with all those yeah. videos. Oh my god, I cannot even imagine. I pump out a lot of content. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, and you do too. Don't you post like daily? I do post daily, but it's not all videos. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what was the thing? How did you get into this work in the first place? Um, so I was a yoga teacher for almost 20 years and I, um, I've always been obsessed with the mind body connection and how to strengthen really your relationship with yourself, but through this, this art and the science, which is yoga Mm-hmm. And, um, I worked with a lot of, I work, I taught classes, but I also worked pretty in detail one-on-one with people, families, couples, and all, and on their physical pain and their emotional pain, because emotional pain usually manifests as something physical in the body. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I was particularly skilled at was I could look at someone and, and look at their body and I would know where they have tension Mm. and where they have pain. And I could figure out their behavioral patterns that led to that as well. Not just their, their, their physiological patterns and also their behavioral patterns. And so I loved helping people heal from that. And then I would say about like seven years or so into teaching eight years into teaching, I was feeling very like, Hmm, similarly to what you were saying, like, where do I go from here? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, how do I, I had, you know, for yoga teaching, the, the ceiling is quite low and it's Mm -hmm. like, where do I go from here? And this is before everyone was like, you know, a content creator, basically. This is before Uh everyone's like doing things online. So I did that wouldn't, that didn't even like, it's not something that even crossed my mind as something to even do. Mm-hmm. And, but I was getting bored, but I identify most as being a teacher and I knew that I wanted to continue teaching, but didn't know in what capacity, but I also wanted to get married and have kids and, and very much wanted that romantic, um, mm-hmm. path. And so I ended up meeting the man who would become my ex, my husband and then ex-husband and, you know, I would say that the relationship leading up to the marriage was about 90% wonderful and 10% problematic, but it wasn't like that 10% was actually very significant. It was like a giant red flag, if you will. And what I tell people all the time is when you get married, you think that 10% is going to get smaller, but actually it's, it, 
does the switch, that 10% becomes the 90% of, of your relationship. Mm-hmm. And the 90% that was great becomes the 10%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I, um, so we had, so I ignored some significant stuff and we had a very challenging marriage and the way that he left was very abandoning. And it was right when I, um, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer and given a couple mm-hmm. of months to live. And mm-hmm. then I woke up one morning, I was pregnant. Then the next morning I wasn't. And he like broke up with me over a text. I mean, it's like everything wow. terrible, right? Yeah. It was hor- totally traumatic and horrible. Mm-hmm. So this was, um, and then I, so what, happened is I went through like a very deep, dark night of the soul where my world completely fell apart. It was horrific and traumatic and absolutely horrible. And I really did not know how I was going to survive. I, I really didn't. And I wouldn't say that I was suicidal. Um, cause that was just not something that I would ever, I've never been driven to that point where I would do that, but definitely like you know, suicidal ideation kind of thing, you know, where you're Mm -hmm. just like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, this is crazy. And, um, but I persevered and the way that I persevered, there was, is that, uh, I started speaking to, um, I did see my therapist twice a week for, for a period of time, but Mm -hmm. the real needle mover for me was working with a coach who was in my, um, who lived in my building and, and then, and then I found some other uh, mentors in the personal development world. And I thought, okay, well, this is, these are the things that are kind of helping me get out of bed in the morning. And what was also helping me get out of the bed in the morning is that I have a dog. So I had to walk my dog, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, just doing these things. And then I, as I was starting to learn about, um, human behavior more through my mentors and through relationship, I thought, oh, this is really, really, really interesting to me because I had become obsessed with what makes a relationship work because here my mom was dying, but really initially the real pain was how the fuck did this happen? Like, how did this relationship not work? Like what is going on here? I was completely, completely thrown off course and mm-hmm. so terrified. And I thought I had to figure this out. I had to figure out like why this wasn't working. And, you know, there was this, uh, sort of realization that was sort of like, well, maybe like there's something that I have to change within myself. Mm-hmm. And how long did it take you to get to that place? Were you first blaming them and yeah. what was going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say it's hard to know because it's hard. It's, it's, you know, you want to say it was a moment. I woke up one morning and it like all dawned to me. It's not, I think it was like more like, so yes, I very much felt like a victim in the beginning because the way that he ended it was, was terrible. So it was very, felt very victimizing. And so that I was constantly telling that story, but then, you know, I did as I was sort of, um, delving more into psychology, female psychology, male psychology, relationship dynamics. It was just like, oh, oh, hmm. Hmm. this is, there's something more here. There's, there's something more to the way that I relate to myself. There's something, this isn't karma. <laughs> this isn't punishment from God or the universe. Mm-hmm. This isn't just bad luck. There's something deeper here. Mm-hmm. And, and was I, that like a scary feeling or a liberating feeling? Or? Um, you know, it was... It actually ended up being quite liberating. Mm-hmm. At first, it's scary. But then it was kind of liberating because as that realization was dawning on me, it was... Th- it's because I was starting to get more insight into what Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very analytical thinker and I, and I like to think deeply. And so I thought that that was very interesting. And at the same time, it was giving me some answers. 
So I was getting answers. And so um, ultimately what helped me heal was the fact that I was gifted with a blessing, which is that I found something other than teaching yoga that because teaching yoga was a calling for me. I started doing yoga and I felt I quit my job and I was like, I have to teach this. Mm -hmm. And this felt like a similar calling. Mm -hmm. And so I put all my energy into building this new craft and studying relationship to the point where I I must admit was completely obsessive. And it's not necessarily what I would like recommend (laughs) to everyone. But I did, and that's what actually got me out of it. And it made me, and that's why I love helping people find, I mean, at first you have to kind of sit with someone who's in heartbreak and agree with them and be on their side and be Mm -hmm. compassionate. But I do love helping people see like the lesson in things. And I know that's not what we want to hear, but it was changing the meaning of that, that really changed how I see life, that I could look at anything and see it as a a reason to not get out of bed in the morning, or I can see it as a reason to get out of bed in the morning and meaning really changed my life. So that's sort of the long story in a nutshell, medium nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a really powerful experience, right? Where you had this very upsetting kind of tragic loss. Um, Did it feel like it came out of nowhere or you weren't prepared for it? Um, The, I was certainly not prepared for my mother getting cancer and dying. Right. Um, That would, that was a a huge shock. Mm -hmm. Um, My ex-husband and I were struggling for a while and I, you know, I, I have this, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this. But when people say to me, you know, they broke up of me out of nowhere. Mm. Um, I know pretty much that that's a story, that that's not actually true, that people don't really just leave out of nowhere. There's usually, there's a lot, there's things leading up to that. And when we're honest with ourselves, when we're Mm -hmm. ready to be honest with ourselves. So, and I also think that um, when a relationship ends like that, like the relationship was hard. If I'm really honest with myself, there were times on an unconscious level for sure, where I wanted that relationship to end, but I had no, I didn't have the courage to end it. And I was too afraid for it to end, Mm -hmm. but there was still a part of me, of my soul that definitely wanted out because it was miserable. And so I, so I like helping people tap into that part of themselves that like did sort of know or did feel like they wanted out, even as though it feels very scary to be out of it. That comes through in your content loudly (laughs) for, (laughs) for for me. And even if, even people that maybe aren't like conscious of the message, I think it's like you're hitting them in their little soul or something like (laughs) there. It's somehow like resonating with them at a very deep level. The like, do not tolerate mixed messages. Do not assume anything. Nobody can do the work for us. Like happiness, can't be a burden you place on someone else. Right? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that, that is what you talk about and we love to hear it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's tricky though, because like, I feel like for like in your situation and maybe folks that have been in that situation, I've been in that situation before, there's something really comforting about like playing the victim being mm-hmm. the victim, being victimized. Yes. I didn't see this came out of the blue maybe. And also, yes being really angry at yes. him at yes. your, right like and, and that feels empowering you feel right you probably have friends that are just like fuck that guy right like oh it that helps are, it helps and, anger is yes. very helpful better than crying yes. yourself to sleep feeling like a victim all day long right? yeah. anger is very helpful no i think that the victimization part of it is part of the process of overcoming. Like you have Mm -hmm. to feel that way. You have to feel like that. And Mm -hmm. it's legitimate. It's valid. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but for people who are, you know, years later still telling that story, um, there needs to be an intervention. 
There needs mm-hmm. to be an intervention because you're not moving on with your life. And we need to look at why, because it's you're really not, not about them anymore. <laughs> right. It's not, it's not really serving you anymore, um, no. but, but it, but there is something that's like, whatever, familiar or, All um, of it. yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, whether you have friends that are reinforcing that narrative or whether you're like the daddy algorithm on TikTok or Instagram is reinforcing that narrative. Like, you know, we see all of those, all the social media posts blaming the other person. And, yes. and, and, and those are the posts. I mean, I've been guilty of it hundreds of yes. times, I'm sure. But like, those are the posts that get views a lot of the times. Those are the posts that go viral is like blaming the, your ex or something, right? Well, here's, yeah, well, here's, here's sort of like how I, how I try to teeter the line in, in social yeah. media. I, for me and the work that I do, um, I feel like there's, there's two, two, two messages and two things that I'm always sort of teasing out. One is it really does begin with you. Like you are the, we are all the common denominator in all our relationships. And that doesn't mean that you are the only one to blame. It's not about blame, but that truly, if you want to change your life, you have to be willing to look in the mirror. It really is the only way. And if you want a great relationship, then you have to acknowledge some of the ways in which maybe you are choosing wrong and some of the ways that you are actually showing up wrong to a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then because of the, the many, many, many women in particular who I've worked with over the years who really do, there are those people who tolerate a, a, a tremendous amount of bullshit in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like they really do. We could call it abuse or we can, cause some of that is, or we can just call it like you really like your self-worth is not where it needs to be. And we need to address that. And so Um, I think that one thing in particular that women have been conditioned to do in relationships is to capitulate and to please and to give more and to try to be more to get the person, let's just say to get the guy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be Mm -hmm. anyone, but like we see this a lot in heteronormative, um, for sure dynamics and, um, I, and I, and I, and I've worked with actually men who are, who are younger men, younger millennial men who are now starting to do that, which women have been doing for, I think, centuries Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to love. And I like to empower these people and particularly women to, um, to know, to listen to your inner voice and to no longer tolerate that. But it's not like, you know, screw you. I don't need you girl power. It's like, no, communicate. Mm-hmm. Don't just pretend like it's okay. Mm-hmm. Don't pretend like don't go go with the flow with it. Mm-hmm. Communicate. And if right. and if that scares them away, great. And that's really where I want to empower people to do when it comes to like single dating world. And then when it's like relationship world, it's like stop being so selfish. Mm-hmm. Stop being mm-hmm. so selfish. Learn how to love better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, know. those are, those are two different worlds slash audiences. Yeah, but I, I kind of do to. both. You do, yeah. And yeah, it's impressive to see. There's the um, when I lean into the I don't know if this. So give me feedback. I mean, this isn't exactly what you're saying, but okay. The sort of like the message of why is it okay that you're tolerating these shitty men? Um, I can sometimes get feedback of like, Jeff, why are you blaming the victim? Mm-hmm. Don't we need to focus more on these shitty men? And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, I mean, yes, fuck these guys. Yes. Fuck everybody who's doing this like horrible, shitty, manipulative, mm-hmm. abusive behavior, whatever, obviously. But stop but... complaining to all your friends when you're the one who's choosing them. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and there is your power. That's the only power you have, right? Correct. To like make different choices. Yes. Um, but then I get this. So this is, here's, this is one of the questions that I wanted to ask you that I sent you before is like, okay. uh, it, I, they say like, I, I'm wondering what you think, like what is the percent of the population that you think has evolved enough to have a healthy and balanced relationship? Because I get a bunch of shit. People are just like, 
you're, this is a mythical character <laughs> of like finding somebody that can match your emotional intelligence. Um, this is like some unicorn that doesn't exist. Or these people are in long-term relationships and not in the dating scene anyways. Uh, so this is like, you're kind of like setting me up therapy, Jeff, and maybe Jillian for like, uh, I have my, my expectations are too high. Like, what do you think about that? Um, so I have a couple of things that I want to say to that. One is I actually did it where I, why I like doing the podcast is that I can take um, some of the messages that I have on Instagram mm-hmm. and go into much more nuance. And I did an right. episode called the myth of the conscious relationship. So I do that there. It's, it's definitely as, you know, we really have a hard job in content creation. So there's a couple of things. One is, and this is not, you know, this is not going to be easy to hear, but I think that um, most people including myself at one point in my life, certainly when I um, uh, met my ex-husband, most people think that they are more self-aware and evolved than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And that they think that, and most people think that their social skills are better than they actually are. Mm -hmm. And their communication skills are better than they actually are. So they're going into these, dating, you're saying there's no, like this person doesn't exist. Fine. You're right. But it also doesn't actually exist in you either. Mm -hmm. And so there's a little bit of like, I can't find anyone on my level. And it's like, are you really sure you're at that level? (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be hard for people to hear. So I, so that's something that I would only say here in a podcast so that, because I, because mm-hmm. I include myself in that. And so people mm-hmm. need to hear my tone when I'm talking about that. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, I do think that there is a little bit of a crisis in dating hookup culture right now, where it's hard to find someone, um, who maybe has that depth and looking for the relationship. This is why I preach the communication. And this is something like, this is, this is the stuff that I talk about. I'm also talking about because this would have been absolutely revolutionary for me to have heard. Mm. Uh, Like, this is not how I lived my life. So I get it, but you know, I would, um, I never, I would never have described myself as promiscuous. Um, I, I just never was. I I wasn't someone who had a lot of one night stands or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I certainly did not wait to have a conversation about sexual boundaries and expectations before I had sex Mm -hmm. at all. I -hmm. just would have sex because it's like, I want to, they want to, and fingers crossed, it's going to work out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the road to a lot of suffering. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of women in particular who are just like, people will say to them, I'm just looking for this. I'm not looking for something serious. And there's a lot of like, yeah, no worry. Me too. Like totally go with the flow. And then, but like back in the deep of like back of their brain is like, Oh, maybe they'll change for me. Mm-hmm. I'll be the one to change them. I'm the one, you know, challenge mm-hmm. accepted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that when you describe the mythical character, it's like, no, we are all deeply flawed. Not everyone is flawed the same way and not everyone is flawed equally. There are actually people who are pretty shitty out there Mm -hmm. and you've got to stop choosing them (laughs) and give someone who is, um, has the same values as you a chance and go slow. Like people are going to have much better experiences if they communicate first and they talk about boundaries and expectations Mm -hmm. and yeah. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's sort of my (laughs) thoughts about it. (laughs) No, there's a lot there. I think, I think maybe, you know, if we go back to the original question of like, I don't think you can actually give me a a specific percentage of the population that has evolved enough. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but the it seems like you feel like um, some folks out there are just kind of like hoping and praying that the person that they're hooking up with will eventually evolve into the type of person that's going to be a good match for them. And yes, yes. and 
people's expectations are mismanaged. So is it more important to you that someone is an amazing communicator, but maybe they're not quite as accepting of you? Or is it more important to you that someone totally accepts you for who you are and they're willing to learn how to communicate better, but they're not great at expressing their emotions? You got to figure out what your combination, like what works for you, because you're not going to get the person who's perfect because you're not Mm -hmm. either. So you really, I think that people need to prioritize acceptance. Like, I don't, I think that as we get older and I'm curious to know your thoughts is that as we get older, we, our priorities change and what becomes priceless is being able to truly be yourself with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To just be like your authentic self and, yeah. and hopefully be loved and, uh, and accepted in, in, a, in a lot of like the authentic ways that I act, but I know that that's. Um, not always going to happen. There's going to be certain parts of my personality or the way I behave that is going to like rub people around. My imperfections, my imperfections or flaws or a red yes. flag here or there. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, you know, it's, it's changed as I've grown up, you know, when I was in my twenties, it was more about passion and excitement yeah. mixed with a little bit of chaos and unpredictability. Whether but that's I was appropriate a, for the twenties. Developmentally, for... that was very appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and then eventually when I got into my thirties and started heading to my forties, I was more about trying to find balance and harmony and somebody that I can be like authentically myself with. Uh, I don't think I knew who I was authentically in my twenties, which is also, maybe, no, <laughs> which is also very developmentally appropriate. <laughs> yeah. But I think I thought I knew in my twenties who yeah. I was, I was very like, you know, I had lots of big, strong, uh, opinions. Um, and confidence and all of that. Yeah, me too. I thought I knew yeah. myself in my 20s too. That's laughable. Uh-huh. Yeah, but when good I look times. Back. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, you know, one of the things that you're saying on this uh in this talk is that like you you also have to come to the realization that you are not perfect, that you also have some flaws or you're you're contributing to like maybe like an unhealthy dynamic or or something like that. And you've talked yes. about in your content sometimes of like understand the story that your partner is coming into the relationship with and what your story is too. Um, Do you try to figure out like how can those stories match or are you saying like, let go of the story or just be Uh, sort of like aware of it where you No, good question. So I think when I, what I meant by that in in that particular context is um, we all have a past Mm-hmm. You know, we all have a past. We have a sexual past. We have a relationship past. We have a, a child, you know, we have a childhood and we can't change it. We can't go back and change our past. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to accept the story that the person comes into the relationship with. And I think you have to honor the fact that, like, you know, don't be a continuation of whatever pain they may have experienced. So there's a a reverence for it. There is a respect for it. And there's an acceptance of it. And Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people get into relationships wanting to know about their exes, wanting to know how many people they slept with, wanting to know their past. Fine. But don't judge it. It is what it is. And if it's not, if it doesn't work for you, fine. Mm -hmm. But you can't ask someone to change their past. Like everyone comes with a story. So everyone comes from a a story that is influenced by their childhood, family, relationships, whatever, society. Experiences and just experiences. Yeah. Yes. And, and you're saying like, go ahead and be curious about it in a non-judgmental way as best you can. Yeah. I, yeah, definitely agree. And, and understand that it's going to like influence the relationship that you're in with them. That if somebody comes from a story where they were, uh, experienced a lot of abandonment, then they're going to have like some abandonment issues moving in. And maybe for like any, for every future relationship, they're going to be scared that they're going to be left or, uh, they may need a little, they may need a little extra reassurance. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Also, like, if you, but don't choose someone who has a history where you're like, oh, that reminds me of my ex where it turned out to be horrendous. It's like, no, like your trauma kind of has to match. Right. <laughs> yeah, it does. It has, or it has to not, it doesn't have to match in terms. It doesn't have to mirror each other, but it has to, you know, it has to, it has to fit. It has to fit. And I feel like the, one of the ways that it has to fit is like, I think what you're saying is that like, if somebody comes from a place of abandonment issues and then they speak about their abandonment, you're not going to get triggered and go into your unhealthy story or fears, oh, right? Yes, like you're going to be yes. able to like hold space, be compassionate. I'm here, sweetie, like give the reassurance. Um, and that they're going to be able to do the same. Yes. That's also called maturity. Yes, right. but that's also called, yeah. but this is really important. I was actually looking forward to having this conversation with you about this is that, you know, I feel like the current psychology zeitgeist, zeitgeist has gotten so bogged down with diagnoses and attachment and all of this, which is great in one way, because people are really thinking about these things in a way that they never have before. On mm -hmm. the other hand, it's like, you know, there's a little bit too much of, Oh, it's their childhood wounding and trauma. It's like, no, sometimes it's just immaturity. That's mm -hmm. really what it is, is mm -hmm. two people. Yes. Yes. It has to do with wounding, but like, let's face it. It's also because they have to learn how you're not going to like, don't spend 20 years on a therapy couch talking about your childhood. It's not mm -hmm. going to help. Mm-hmm. It's useful to know about your childhood and to work with a therapist in pockets of time, mm -hmm. but don't just always talk about what mommy and daddy did to you. Learn the skills, how to be a functioning adult in a relationship and in life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it feels, it's, it's like, <laughs> I mean, Okay, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm okay. like, I'm taking this in. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I like it. What resonates with me is sort of like um, your parents hurt you or your family let you down. And maybe you, they did. Maybe. 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 It's not they, a guarantee. It's not, not a guarantee. They no. maybe they did the best that they could. I don't Maybe that's not yeah, even but true. But I think, th well, I mean, not everyone is let down by their parents. I don't know. I think everybody is let down. <laughs> but that might be a fiction. That might be fiction in your brain. Well, I think it, yes, it, it could be a fiction in your brain. I think that like your parents did the best that they could and you deserved better is sort of, I think like both but of those. But some people had great childhoods, Jeff. I still think that they were let down in certain ways. Interesting. I, I, like, both things, I think, can be true. I'm mm -hmm. not sure a parent is ever going to be able to meet the needs of their child. Like, I imagine... Keep going I, with that. I, That's true. Uh, yeah. I don't think that a parent is ever going to be able to meet the needs of their child. I think the child deserves unconditional love from their parent, which is impossible for the parent to give, which means that like the kid is going to have some sort of attachment wounds, even if there's no trauma, even if there's, right. if it's like a good, whatever, they're going to like leave being like, Oh, my fucking dad didn't play catch with me enough. Mom didn't yes. hug me enough. They didn't like right. reward me for the good grades enough. And or they're, they're going to be, there's always going to be something. Siblings. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be something. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, we have to, like, as a therapist, like, I'm going to acknowledge that and validate that, and I'm so sorry, and tell me about your emotional experience. And even as your therapist, I'm going to model, like, maybe, like, the unconditional love and regard that your parents weren't able to give you, whether they tried really hard or they were just fucking neglectful. Or sure. maybe they were, like, working three jobs, give them a fucking break, you know, they like, trying to get through capitalism. I don't know. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, so there's, like, good reasons and bad reasons and all the reasons in between. And you're probably really let down by your parent. And I love blaming parents. It's my favorite thing to do. I blame my parents for everything. And, but it's not attractive to eventually. Like, it's fun when you're a teenager and maybe in your 20s when it's developmentally appropriate. We love to hear it and see it. Let's write music about it, make art about it, whatever. 
and then take responsibility. Like, how are you going to take responsibility? You can, we can forgive your parents and understand that they did try the best that they can, that, that, that they could. Um, we can have compassion for them. We can stay mad at them, but then like take the power back and, and understand that like you have control over your own narrative and your own story and you're not going to give them that fucking power anymore. So I think maybe, I don't know. Are we on the same page or similar I think so. Ones? I think so. But I want to challenge a little okay, bit okay. of what you're, what you're saying. So, uh, about 10 days ago, my father died mm. and I, you know, I had a very complicated relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not a good father, but in the last five, seven, eight years, I've really moved towards acceptance and more forgiveness and have made very big strides there. And I, I, I have, I have two mentors. I have a coach and I have a mentor who's, um, uh, a world renowned therapist. She's been in, in, she's 83 years old and she, um, and she has worked with, I mean, she's worked with very, very serious problems. I mean, she's, she's worked, she's helped families overcome uh, child molestation and sexual mm. assault and stuff like that. So like the, the, the really intense stuff. Yeah. And so, um, and she has worked with families for 50 years and we had a conversation and I was, you know, talking about this and I was talking about my guilt and all of that. And, you know, she really helped me look at things differently because I think that, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Mm -hmm. I, yes, we have to take responsibility but I think it's a step further. It's we have to take responsibility and in order to be free from that, uh, fuck my parents, mm-hmm. we have to really, really change the story a little bit. We really do because something that I have um, become acutely aware of in the last 20 years of my life in studying yoga and definitely the last 10 years of my life of coaching is that the mind really can be quite a battlefield and it is always creating a lot of bias and a lot of story. And most of us, even when we live under the same roof, the, 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 the irony is that most of us are really strangers to each other. Mm-hmm. And I had this realization that, um, you know, I never felt seen or understood by my father, but I never truly understood him either. And I think that as children, what is, what is accepted and what is, what is, what is expected, I should say, rather, is the unconditional love, which is that, Hey, I'm the child. I don't, I don't have to make you feel seen. That's not my responsibility Mm -hmm. as your Mm -hmm. child. I didn't Mm -hmm. ask to be born. Your responsibility, yeah, yeah, your responsibility is to make me feel seen and understood. Right. But as an adult, mm-hmm. I believe that some of, even though that pain, we can carry that pain, some of the onus goes back, reaches us at the, again, or not again, or for the first time, which right. is, I have to act like, do I truly understand everything that really went down or am I continuing to look at my childhood through the lens of me as a child? Mm -hmm. And is it time to clean that lens and to look at it differently? And in doing so, am I maybe going to discover something slightly different or maybe a lot different than what I thought it was? And will that give me some peace? okay (laughs) that's i i love this (laughs) we could go on and on and on uh yeah the i'm also like i'm just sort of you love this butt is there a butt here (laughs) but it's it's i'm going through this very specific process with my own mom i'm not where you are where where you've landed yet with like your relationship or connection or your story with your dad and the place that like I understand where I'm getting stuck Mm -hmm. and I wonder if it's where other people are getting stuck. So where I get stuck is that um, if I do change my relationship or story 
stop looking at my mother through my child lens, which is mm-hmm. valid. You know, I didn't get my needs met or I didn't feel like, sure, you're right. Sure, not invalidating 100% right. that. Yeah, yeah, you're not, yeah, you're not, exactly. Yeah, no. And we're not invalidating anyone else's childhood mm-hmm. experience. Of course um, not. Right, we love to validate people. Where I get stuck is that if I do that and start to whatever, heal that or let go of that and change the story and then even like improve and be more free and liberated and healthier in my like relationship dynamics, then... I'm letting my fucking mother off the fucking hook. And I would rather suffer and have bad relationships uh, so that she can see that I'm struggling so that she can feel bad, so that she can feel shame for what she did to me, what she didn't do enough for me. There's like this, I would rather punish her and suffer for it and because I'm not going to let her off the fucking hook is, is, is like where that energy is coming from. And that is not helpful for me, but oh my God, I love that feeling. Uh, well, I just love your honesty. And I think okay. that you just sharing that, I think that uh-huh. you just sharing that is a, and I truly mean this sincerely, a beautiful demonstration of self-awareness mm-hmm. and a beautiful demonstration of radical, of just being honest. Like you are just being so fucking honest and incredibly self-aware. So I love what you shared. Mm -hmm. And I think that what you're, what I, what you're sharing is the, is the battle that every single human being faces with themselves, which is the battle between, um, our higher minds and then the bat with our lower egoic minds, you know, the ego, doesn't want wants her to suffer we want her to fucking feel guilty also jillian yeah why am i the one that's gonna do the work while she's not doing the work that's not fair that's like a that's a thing that comes right that's the whole thing but that's still the ego did your dad do oh i know it's no did your dad do the work no no No. i mean no i think i don't know what kind of contemplation he's had that's the thing you know, yeah. like, I don't know what was in his thoughts and how he thought about it. My father was, a, ironically, an extremely accomplished psychiatrist. So um, My mom's he, a therapist. Yeah, They're so the there worst. you go. So, <laughs> really the worst. Uh-huh. Um, and, 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 you know, my father suffered deeply with mental illness. And mm-hmm. so um, I don't know what kind of, in his old age, what kind of contemplation that he had. Um, I am no longer in the stage of, trust me, I, there's no judgment here. I mean, I, I was, I stopped, I ghosted my father when I was 22 years old. Like when people mm-hmm. talk about ghosting, they're like, you know, they want to understand like the ghoster. I'm like, I've never ghosted a, a love interest, but I ghosted my father. I've ghosted mm-hmm. my therapist mm-hmm. when I was like, you know, 15 years old, I've done, mm-hmm. I've, you know, disappeared. So mm-hmm. I, I understand a hundred percent and know viscerally the resistance to all of that and, and the, and the fight. So I have nothing but compassion for that. And, and, you know, I'm no longer thankfully, and I spent years in the, in the anger stage years. And I was able to let go of that. Um, I would say around, it started around, you know, I don't know, like, eight years ago or something like that, mm-hmm. five years, more like five, six years ago. And, um, I think that perhaps what helped me let go of that, that battle, that, that ego part was, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I guess seeing him age and seeing the fragility that mm-hmm. comes with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know, something inside of me, it was like a, 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 some sort of compassion built over that. And I just was le- able to let go of the anger. Now, if you were to like probe and ask me about my father and I, I could easily focus, I mean, I know exactly the memory to focus on to mm-hmm. fucking get furious again. Yes, join but, me in the anger. It's so fun in here. It's so if you fun. ever want to come back, I, I know will exactly. Hold so much space for you. <laughs> but I choose not to because uh-huh. I would rather not be the girl with daddy issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm it, okay. 
fair. <laughs> and I love that for you. And that's, and that's where we want. That's where I want my clients to end up. And even though I like helped, I've helped hundreds of my clients get past that point. I'm like struggling with it. Uh, I have the last year or two, I've done like therapy every week and I have sabotaged my therapist so (laughs) many fucking times. She has tried everything. She is a wonderful therapist that knows all the interventions. And eventually she was like, you're not letting me be a fucking therapist. I'm like, that's because my mom fucking sucks and you don't understand. And she's like, no, I understand. And if you want to choose to continue to suffer, Jeff, then you can come and and be angry at your mom every week if that's what you really want to do. And oh, spend good your answer. Money that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you want to have these sort of like mommy yeah. issues, then I'm like, your they money. look good on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I get so many followers because they can, they know that we're going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe my followers will replace, you know, give me the validation that my mother never actually gave me. Like, that's a real, like, thing that's that, very, that's very real. That's very real and very um, self-aware and honest of you to say. And I think that that's part of why you you have been so successful in this space is because you're very honest. mm -hmm. Yeah. And and thank you. And I'm glad that comes through. And and I know that there is like whatever, freedom, liberation, more like good, like stuff on the other side. And I hope that I eventually get there. I'm choosing not to see the fragility of my mother as she gets older. I haven't seen her talk to her for a year and a half. Like this is mm-hmm. all very, a deliberate thing. And yes, yes. Yeah. You know, uh, so, I, like I said, I've, I've yes. spent many years estranged, but I was younger, you know, in my twenties and yeah. into my thirties. Yeah. Right. And this is my story. And it's important that I like am aware of it and I mm-hmm. communicate it to the partners mm-hmm. that I have. And hopefully they have a story that's a good compliment or they can like understand or be compassionate and not trigger themselves. It's a whole but thing. But maybe you wouldn't be the content creator that you are if it weren't for your mother. Yes. I, yes, exactly. I, I, I wouldn't be the therapist I am. I wouldn't be the content creator. And the creator. apple doesn't the fall far from the tree. Like my, 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 as different as I am personality wise from my father, mm-hmm. um, it's not lost on me that, you know, no, I'm not a psychiatrist or, you know, a clinical therapist, but I am a coach helping people heal and I'm writing a book and he wrote a, a bestseller meant in the eighties. So it's not lost on me that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And, you know, it's like, it's like my ex-husband, There are so many things that I could blame him for, but at this point, I feel like he would be uh, valid in sending me a bill because I never would be here Mm -hmm. if it weren't for that experience. And so, no, I'm not saying, oh, you did that for me. I did that, but I still couldn't have done it if it weren't if weren't for the fact that I had you as the ex-husband. So I, I try to see it as, you know, um, I, so I try sometimes in my older years, I try, I try my very best and trust me, I'm, I, I am also very emotional and I can get unregulated and all of that, but I mm-hmm. do try my best in my good moments to really look at things from an objective point of view, as if I am a Buddha trying to look at what mm-hmm. is going on. And I think that, you know, it's like, it can't be lost on you that maybe some of your success today is because of what you experienced. I think you're right. And I don't want to give her that much credit. And I love I where you are. Yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'll just plant that little seed. It doesn't mean you have to love her. It exactly. doesn't mean you well, have to love her. That's a it whole just means, episode. No, yes, you're right. But, it, but, but it's important for people to hear. It doesn't mean that you have to love her. It just might lighten the, the, the hate. I don't have to love her. And uh, there's also like work where I can do where I can maybe like lighten the hate and love the, you know, inner child in me that was affected in a way where I felt like very neglected or not loved in the way that I wanted to be loved. There's, there's, there's lots of different ways around it, uh, Mm -hmm. through it. And it's interesting that I'm like in this place where I'm just like, I'm not going to let my therapist therapize me and Mm -hmm. I'm choosing to stay here. And I love my awareness, but it's, what do you get? 
getting out of it? If you're choosing um, to stay there, what are you getting out of it? Because you got to be getting something good out of it. Uh, yeah, my. <laughs> It gives me certainty. It gives me identity. My mom is, my mom doesn't like my content. That feels mm-hmm. satisfying. Um, mm-hmm. There's, uh, I think it gives me this like edginess. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, it, it gives me like this, I'm giving like adolescent energy, which is right, like. Which makes you feel significant and cool and, and uh-huh. all of that. Yeah. 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 Um, Plus so, the white yeah, nails. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Plus yeah, the, yeah. the painted nails. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm so fucking Let this rock. be an example to people. Of this is what it means to be flawed, but yet self-aware yes yeah exactly uh okay i i actually have to end the podcast yeah here, even though i feel maybe you and i will continue this conversation on your well you're podcast. coming on mine in yeah. a couple in a couple weeks and we can we can see yeah, yeah we'll, we'll pick up there yeah okay. yeah uh, this is so good i hope that i can have you back again sure. i love this conversation we didn't even get to all my questions but I it know. didn't matter this was really fun um yeah thank so you, thank you uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you yeah i mean basically you need to know my first and last name and know my podcast which is jillian on love um instagram tiktok and then my website jillian yeah we'll link to you in all the places okay thank i'll you. talk to you later bye jeff